What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Montana Method Podcast one more time. Second episode of season four come at you live, live streaming, new format, exciting stuff, changing up everything, changing the game. Today, we have a very special guest, a gentleman who is a pioneer within the music industry. He was the first Cuban to make it within the urban genre. We owe a lot to this gentleman for what he did for us, opening up and paving the way for big artists in the urban genre. Um, I'm really excited and really honored to have him in my space. This gentleman is not only a pioneer, but a legend, a living legend. Literally, a lot of people have learned so much from this guy. He's going to offer a lot of wisdom, a lot of tips and tricks, a lot of good stuff today about his career, some great stories, and I'm really excited to get into all of it with him. If you guys can please welcome Don Dinero. I've been out here hustling all my life. Every day we get into it. Really out here in these streets. That's day and night. Like there's nothing to it. When I was going through it, dog, I never got your call. I never asked for nothing, no. But now I want it all. I promise I'm a do it. Came from rags to riches. Rags to riches. Came from rags to riches. Rags to riches. Came from rags. Um, man, it's a pleasure to be here. Corazón, um, and an honor at the same time, you know, I know what it takes. Like I always tell someone I come visit podcasts or whatever, like it's almost something spiritual when you take an idea and act on it, mm. kind of manifest it and create it. That's what we're here to do as human beings at the end of the day. Two mm. things we're here to feel and we're here to create. So I, I commend you on creating a, a platform and this podcast. Not just to give you ideas and, and try to bring something to the world, but to have someone like myself to be able to use your platform on a dope day like today where my 12th studio album drops. Um, so you know, I don't take these things for granted. I was telling my manager that what make, I think what makes me different is that I'm, I'm always in the moment. I don't get too caught up. Mm. I don't get caught up in the numbers, um, whether, you know, someone to show up, if they tell them, hey, Montana Method does 3 million views. People will run. Oh, bro, you want to help this guy? He's just started a podcast. Would you come and do this show? Well, what are the numbers? And people are always doing that. And, and the whole purpose is to continue to tell your story, to use every platform possible, because now we cut the middleman out and mm. use these platforms and go directly to, you call them fans, I call them customers. And, uh, you know, and, and that's kind of where we're at today. So it's a pleasure to be here. And have a conversation with you. We know each other for a while. I know you're part of the team. But I, I want to commend you for doing something uh, for yourself and for the movement and, uh, and, and bringing, you know, an idea into fruition. That's incredibly hard to do. I appreciate that, Don Dino. It's, it's something when you have this idea in your head and then all of a sudden it becomes a real thing and you're acting on it, it's, it's, almost, uh, it's almost surreal. You know what I mean? Because it was just, it didn't exist. You were the only one who can envision it. And then all of a sudden everybody can see it. Well, the, uniform, the universe starts to conspire and bring you people and things to help this dream come true. Cause, mm. You know, you can't do anything by yourself that doesn't exist on the planet. At right. All. You know, I laugh when people say, I did it by myself. You got to laugh at that shit because there's no way. You can't do anything by yourself. Yeah, you know, you 100%. see a boxer in the ring by himself. You know how many people behind him, trainers and people who believed in him? and mm. So there's no such thing of doing anything by yourself. People who do that, who say that, they're just trying to validate their bullshit. Mm. You feel me? Um, there's 100%. no way you can do anything in your life by yourself. 
at all. Everyone has a whole team of people that helped them get to where they are, that played a super pivotal role, whether it's, you know, in my case, producers, engineers, editors. In your case, you know, it could be managers. Or so that's the same you know? thing, engineers, yeah. producers, people who bring me ideas. Um, we don't do anything by ourselves. Uh, it's it's definitely impossible mm. on this planet to do anything by yourself. 100%. Can't make it happen. That's why, and we've talked about this before. Selling the vision is so important because when people buy into your vision, they're they're invested. You know what I mean? It's not it's not about working for this person or being a part of the, it's being a part of something bigger that's all than all of us. You know. Well, we live our lives from the moment we were little, and we try to convince our mom to take us to the playground, selling ideas to people. Mm. Mm. You wake up in the morning, you tell you he had to my manager. Had to sell the idea of his team that hey I'm gonna start working with Don Dinero, convince himself to do it, then tell his family members hey I'm about to go do this because it's like anything else you got to make decisions right. So life we consistently find ourselves selling ideas to one another, whether it's hey babe do you want to go out eat tonight or we stay home, mm. and she goes no let's go out that's a great idea you just sold something oh well where do we go, the next step right so. We're constantly doing that with each other. I'm pretty sure you marinated this in your head for a minute and say, who do I pitch it to first? Definitely. Who do I go to that might think that's a great idea? Right. And unfortunately, sometimes we go to people who you might have a great idea, but because of who they are in their lives or, you know, it's a thing that says people want to see you do good. Just don't do better than them. Right? Yeah, yeah. They'll crush your idea right off the bat. Say, ah, that's not going to work. What the fuck do you know about podcasts? So when you have a situation like that, people who are watching, it's it's the no factor, right? So if I told you you were going to receive seven no's before you received the first yes, how quickly would you be running through the no's? As fast as possible. Okay, so most people have to have that in, in understanding that you're going to get told the word no. Actually, by the time you were five, your parents told you no 67,000 times. Mm. You were grabbing shit, walking around as a little, no, no. So that's a word we're accustomed to. And uh, it's a word that has stopped a lot of dreams. Mm. Because if someone you value says, nah, that's not going to work, you're man, like, fuck, this person knows, right? Yeah. So you have to really go through a, 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 a... I've been blessed to surround myself with people who I consider master manifestors. Mm. That means they have the resources, they have the experience because they've done it before. So these are people who show up and there's only a swamp. There's a fucking grass. There's 100 acres of grass. And the dreamer says, oh, I'm building a city here. Mm. The guy next to him says, oh, this shit ain't worth nothing. And you come back four years ago and the guy built a city on that bitch, right? Mm. That's being a master manifester and having um, unwavering faith in your, in what you can create in the game of life. And I'm one of those guys, I think, you know, in my life. Um, but I've never left anyone behind. You know, my dreams are my dreams, but I've had to kind of stop my dreams and support my kids' dreams so they can... Line up, because if you if you if you're a betting man, I'm betting on my kids are gonna have a better future than I am, mm. in a sense, just from a lineage and time, um, and and that's you know so we're constantly as parents as friends we're either creating dreams or supporting dreams, or, but a life without a dream is is a nightmare. You, know, you need something to chase and to pick and to get up every day. So when you're sitting in these conversations with people, and they ask you, so what are you working on? So what are you doing? You know, you might meet a stranger. Say, what do you do for a living? Mm. You know, and, and you need, part of making yourself proud is, is, is you have to feel like you're going somewhere. Right. You have to feel like you go, you got things going on. Like, mm. And that's extremely person, uh, important as a human being on this planet. 
is to be able to say, hey, this is what I'm up to, or hey, I'm, I'm going to school right now to become right. a doctor, or I'm, you know, I'm getting my license to, to become a truck driver. Whatever the fuck your vision is, pick something on your market set, go and work digitally uh, dig as much as you can to accomplish the mission. Hmm. I, um, pull this a little closer to you if you can. I, um, funny enough, so the way everything happened with me was bringing and bringing this to life. Um, my life fell apart a couple years ago and I had to reassess who I was because I was very attached to the things I lost. I was a business owner. I was this, that. I didn't have a business. I didn't have those friends anymore. And I had to get to the core of who I was. You know what I mean? And that idea, what you're talking about being told no. I had been I had been through that process and I was mentally prepared for it when I wanted to start this. Right. But what what set this apart was that this this became me. When I had that loss of identity, it was like, all right, I had to think of Montana. Tony Montana was my first source of inspiration as a kid. It was the first time I saw a Cuban fictional or not succeed at something, put it say it was the right. first time I saw somebody say, Hey, I'm gonna do this and he did it. Right. You know what I mean? In spite of the amount of obstacles he faced or whatever. And that it's funny that we're talking about someone who faces obstacles and like in spite of all that I still did it because I can't even imagine a person like you who and we're gonna touch up on that now is back in back in two thousand two, two thousand three, that era where basically Spanish music was salsa, merengue, bachata, and then all of a sudden you have Don Dinero come out with a hip hop track and it smashes the airwaves. You know what I mean? On that level, like, I'm sure a bunch of people told you, you're crazy, go get a job, you well, know, like... I mean, looking back, there's a saying that says, ignorance is bliss. Oof. So you have to be a little ignorant to the fact of... See, when you know so much, you know the obstacles, and you say to yourself, there's no way this is going to happen. If mm. I... The amount of knowledge I have now, and you would have told me back then, I would say, there's no way you're going to do it. Right? So by not knowing, I had that unwavering faith that there was no way these motherfuckers are going to stop me. Mm. Even when I had everyone around me that was blind to the fact. Even my brother, I love him, God rest his soul, but he was blind to the fact because he was, he was absolutely right. He was taking this record to music execs and programmers and they were saying, they're never going to play this on the radio. He's cursing. It doesn't fit the programming. Everything is uh, uh, um, tropical. Mm. Salsa, merengue, bachata, cumbia. And he's got a hip-hop record in Spanish talking about marijuana, mucha mujer, this and that. So I remember telling my brother, I was like, fuck radio. And back then, you needed radio. Yeah, I yeah. Like, what do you mean? I said, man, let's go to the streets. Let, let me burn some CDs, 10,000 of them, which cost me 12,000 because it was a dollar twenty a CD mm. to give away. Think about that. Compared to if I had a $12,000 marketing campaign online right now, I'd be like, I don't know. Right, right, right. right. So, um, Powerful. So I went, I made my CDs and, and I had a I had a method. I said, I'm going to pass them along. I'm going to give them away. I'm going to put stacks in. I just focused on Hialeah, mm. which is as big as day count, if you want. Right, to. right, right. So I made sure that every barbershop in Hialeah had my CD. I made sure every car wash in Hialeah had that CD. Every liquor store in Hialeah had my CD. So I would tell them, give them a CD when they buy something. I told them, no, no, dinero, and just say my name. And uh, and I'm not gonna lie, probably after three weeks of that, bro, we had everybody pumping pan up on in the streets. Mm. Um, and that's when we got the attention of the radio stations. Because mm. they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And what is this song at every gas station I go pump, they're pumping it. People in the streets pumping the record. And um, 
And that's when my brother calls me out the blue and he's like, hey, I got you. Because I told him, give me an interview on the radio station, we'll never look back. And then he calls me and says, hey, the phone number Mecos called. They had the biggest morning show at the time, or the second largest. I think the Soul had the first one. En Salsa 98. Yeah. Enrique and them. And then the phone number Mecos was on Salsa 98. And think about the radio station, Salsa 98. Right. So um, they called me for an interview. It was like, hey, we want to interview your brother. I went up there. The morning shows were from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And uh, showed up at like 9, 15, 20. I sat there. They let me go on at uh, 9.50, the last 10 minutes. <laughs> five to talk, five to play, and have a nice life. But I knew there was an opportunity in a lifetime. So when I sat there, I've been blessed to always have a gift of gab. And when I speak, people kind of listen. So what I told them is like, hey, um, I respect all the music you play on this radio station. But the reason urban music is necessary because it's the truth. I said, every single one of your listeners today who are listening, they have a, an alarm on their car. And they, and they have a, probably a nice deadbolt lock on their door. They probably don't know no criminals. So why are they locking their shit up? Because they know there's an element out there. Mm. Right? I said, but there's also this. I said, everyone has an aunt who's a nurse and an aunt who's a stripper. Everyone has an uncle who might be a lawyer, a good Samaritan, and the other uncle's a straight-up motherfucking gangster mobster who's been in prison. Everyone has a little cousin who might be on the baseball football team trying to get a scholarship on his way to a great school, and then you have the other little fucking cousin who's a fucking gangbanger, yeah. right? Welcome to the game of life. We all have those elements, you know? We can't, we try to. A lot of people that I know try to speak a different language or dress a certain way to kind of hide that peste de calle that they Right, have. right, right. But you can't hide from it, you know? Um, I think everyone should get a little street in them so they don't get fucking dogged in the game of life like a lot of people. That's, I think, the difference between me is that I can sit in these corporate rooms and talk that genre, but every motherfucker knows that I could stomp a hole in his face. It's a different negotiation process when you sit there. And not that I'm going to do it, but if you fucking play with me, you feel me? They're, not, they're definitely going to, as a man, there'll be repercussions. And mm -hmm. if you don't play with me, you shoot fair, then cool. If you have bad intentions for me, don't even play yourself. Mm -hmm. you know? But that's maybe why it's been a gift and a curse dealing with Don Denaro. I know many promoters that won't call me because they can't steal a dollar. So like, fuck that, I can't, I don't want no problems with that guy. So they'd rather not even, and I'm okay with that too, you know? Um, but I built my own way and, and my method through love, loyalty, and respect. What you see is what you get. I know people that meet me and deal with me, deal with me for years. And if you're a piece of shit in 2011, I can almost bet everything you're going to be a piece of shit in 2021. And mm. let's go further. You'll probably be a bigger piece of shit in 2031. So those individuals who bring terrible energy or do, I don't deal with those people, right? Mm. Um, I deal with, with, with good people. I don't care. I'll treat the janitor just as much with just as love, respect as I treat um, the owner. Mm. Um, I just know that the owner is just taking more risk. 100%. So might be a lot more stressed out than the worker who's just waiting for his check on Friday. Yeah. But we're all products of the decisions we make in our lives. Definitely. So you got to make a choice. You want to be a worker or a boss? A lot of people want to be a boss, but they have worker tendencies. Mm. You know, you're going to work a lot more hours. Oh, yeah. You're going to take your job home with you. You're going to not have sleepless nights. You're going to, but that's a sacrifice you're willing to, to make. You know, when the, when, the, when the loss comes, it's all you. You got to own that. Big risk, big reward. Ah, but when you get, when you when you win, you can't take all the credit. You got to give it to the people. It's the mm -hmm. weirdest shit. Definitely. But it's the dynamic that I live in. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to uh, 
to kind of just walk this path, man, and kind of, you know, do me and continue, you know, to live my dream and my life. I'm 54 years old. I'm not afraid to say it. Um, you know, I think one of my biggest values is my health. I think health is where the money's at and time. So I heard that say somebody today, your health and your time are the two things you can never get back. Money very, you could very important. Make, you know 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm proud of being able to take care of myself mentally, physically, and spiritually from a health standpoint. And um, and I've been blessed that I've, I've if I wanted a piece of cheese on my burger, I've always had it, right? So, mis hijos, nadie está pasando hambre. Yes, there's a... A lot of people with a lot more money than me, and there's a lot of people with a lot less. And um, again, I'm like the horse with the fucking two things in his eyes. I just keep going. I stay focused in my life. That's my important. Kids, I'm blessed to have four kids and six grandchildren. Mm. And to me, that's what I dedicate my life to. That's important. So two things about what you said that come to mind. One, um, what you said about how certain executives can't really mess with you because there's no, there's a certain element when they have to do business with you. I remember Jordan Peterson saying that every man should learn how to be dangerous, but learn how to control it. Of course. It's very important because you need to fend off the locusts. Like, at the end of the day, I'm, I mean, I know you agree with this. I'm of the philosophy that a man's job is to prov provide and protect. So I mean, it's even more. You know, I say that to all my girls. I say, my job is four things. Provide, protect, and pound the pussy. It's your job, nigga. I hate to tell you that you don't pound the pussy. The mother tooth is cool, but <laughs> Ooh -wee, it's going to be a problem. So um, those are my four Ps, you know what I'm saying, as a man. And you're not worth shit if you can't do any of those. 110%. I hate to say it, guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, I tell this to a lot. I said something yesterday. I'm one of my swakatas talking to these ladies that I here fucking. I said, yeah, you got yeah, a son. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a lot of these ladies that are putting fake tits, ass, lips to take money from guys or be their side bitches or all the thing they do. Like they're raising their kids good. They're sending them to private school and those kids are the softest kids. Because when you're raised by your mom, you're going to either, either you got a mentor but you're going to be the mama's boy that saw my knee hurt. So y'all here raising some soft ass men. Just want to tell you that because you don't have no, the, the father's not around and you might not even know who the motherfuckers is because you're sliding all kind of cock inside yourself. But when that boy turns 21, 22 years old, you got 70 bodies, you're in your mid or late 40s, right? And um, no one's settling down with you because they know what you was about through your heyday. But there's a karma attached to this. Mm. And now your son goes out into the world, 22 years old. I said this yesterday, and he brings home somebody like you. The 20-year-old version of you. Crazy. And then I said, are you smiling? I said, if you're not, you better change your ways, bitch. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your son's going to pay for your transgressions. He's going to find a girl who's going to be cheating on him. Might even mm -hmm. tell him he's, she's pregnant and it's not his child, going to take his money. And you're going to have a front row seat in this suffering. And you're not going to be able to do a goddamn thing about it because that's what you did while you was young and doing all this shit. That's crazy. So I tell him, you know, y'all should be out here trying to be great moms and wives and not trying to. But I get it. You know, it's easy. Mm. I'm going to talk to you men now, you simp ass motherfuckers. This is the trick, you stupid. The pussy's free, dummy. Stop buying shit. If you guys stop buying shit, where are they going to go to get the dick? I'll wait. They can't. They got to come to you. Feel me? I guarantee you. I know a lot of UPS drivers getting pussy. You tell the bitch, I ain't got it for you, honey. You go get it. You know, we got to change that dynamic that, you know, you guys are just... I don't know what's wrong with you motherfuckers. I don't know who raised you motherfuckers. 
but you got the game twisted. That's just my method. You know, I just want to, I'm OG, bro. I hate that shit. I'm the only nigga to go to strip club. I don't spend a dollar. You want a conversation? You want a drink? Good. I'll take you. My boys be buying stacks. They'll throw me. I'll throw your money. But I ain't giving you a dollar, bitch. The, the pussy's free. If you want to sit here for one dollar, you can show me your asshole? Bro, for one dollar. Some pretty low standards. Pretty low standards. <laughs> I'm not wifing you up. Definitely not. Because that's the only way you know how to make money. Ooh, we. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's okay though. Do you, baby? You're gonna be that one single bitch, and you see them all the time. I mm. run into them. They're over forty. And they ran through everything, and they <laughs> thought they was the shit. What about when the, the girl, the baddest bitch in high school, was getting fucked all the time? She's yeah, in her thirty. Yeah, Nobody yeah. wants her. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a girl tell me one time I was dating. She goes, "How how why is it that you guys wife up all the good girls? Because you don't want to wife up a hoe." One hundred percent. Definitely not. not. What the fuck you want? You're not supposed to have the sexual experience. I'm supposed to have the hundred bodies. And I'm gonna bang you out. And show you that's what you're supposed to do, but nah, these bitches want to have more experience than you. Nah, dog. That only works if you're OnlyFans or if you're a fucking prostitute. You should have, if you're a prostitute, you should know how to fuck really good. You should, because how are you gonna service the customer if you don't? But if you're OnlyFans. But if you're trying to be a wife, if you're no. trying to be a wife, that's not a prerequisite. Your man better know how to get it, and he's going to break you in and Agreed. become your mo- a woman. 100%. If the first night I meet you, you start flipping and doing all kind of shit and the fucking reverse cowgirl and all shit on me, <laughs> I'm cool with it, but I know you're a fucking whore. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> Let that sink the fucking real deep. <laughs> that's dope. And then the second thing I was going to say is, funny enough, do you know the actual literal definition of entrepreneur? Not literal definition, but I'm pretty sure you're going to let me know. So the literal definition, going back to the root in the Greek, is bearer of risk. So entrepreneur literally means the more risk you're willing to take on, the higher likely you're going to be rewarded. So I mean, anything in society today, I have not met anyone who didn't make an economic leap if they didn't own something. 100%. Because the whole purpose is you can't sell yeah, well, nothing you can't, you can't own. own. You, know, you feel me? And that's something I... I see my my brother, you know, my, my partners, Irv and Chris, and things they preach all the time when we go. It's about ownership. Ownership, one hundred percent. You know, IP, intellectual property. That's what it's all about. You know, and and a lot of these men, 